Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries. I'm your host, Claire, and over here we have Beth, my co-host. Yes, we're the two human co-hosts of this podcast, and we're really happy to be back for another week for synopsis and commentary on the CW's The Vampire Diaries. Thank you for specifying that we're humans and not vampires. It's, you never know what's going on out in the world these days, so. And I am hoping that at some point we both become vampires in the course of recording this. I think so. If I keep drinking this much red wine, maybe I'll start thinking that it's blood and one thing leads to another. And before you know, I'm jumping off rooftops and attacking people left and right. We might even have to call the animal control. Well, hey, get a priest in here and this could be the blood of Christ in a hot second. True. (laughs) So I think before we begin, we need to acknowledge some things. Um, It's been about a month, actually, since we recorded our last episode. We've both been traveling a bit and a lot of shit has happened in that month. Uh, We're speaking now in mid-February. So if you are in the U.S. or paying attention to the U.S., You probably know that an ass clown is running our country into the ground with some, like, Nazi backup dancers, and shit is horrible. It really is. I was actually thinking that this podcast is going to be one of the only things that gets me through Trump's America. Um, It gives us something to look forward to, something to focus on and feel happy about. And hopefully make you guys laugh along the way. Hopefully. We'll do our best. We're here for you guys. So we just want you to know, like, in case you were listening to this and you're a Trump fan, you should probably fuck off because you're not going to like anything that we have to say, even if it's not related to politics. It's true. You're probably just not on our wavelength. Trump is pretty much the grown-up version of Tyler from The Vampire Diaries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, burn. Yeah, yeah, burnt Trump. That's probably the worst thing that anybody's ever said about you. He's just going to resign in disgrace now that you've said that. <sighs> I wish. Actually, then we get Mike Pence, so yeah. I so, don't know what I want. Now we're descending into nightmare scenarios. So let's talk about something brighter and more cheerful, like vampires eating, spoiler alert, redacted. We'll get to that. <laughs> We sure will. So I guess the good place to start would be with the beginning of the episode. So That would be a really good place to start. <laughs> so, you know, w- one thing that I love about our podcast so far is that our recaps are normally at least as long, if not longer, than the episode. So we always get in all the important details. And oh, yeah. In this case, we start... Um, Pretty with, much exactly where we left off. Exactly, yeah. We start in Caroline's bedroom. Ooh la la. I know, that's what we think. So, Caroline's laying there in her Sleeping Beauty lingerie, super cute, but then we're like, oh, wait a second, she was with Damon, and he totally vampired out and took a big chunk out of the old neck. Yeah, and it takes her a second to remember that that happened. But also, like, how was she sleeping? That's what I was wondering, because... At first, I thought he must have just made her forget with his vampire mind powers. But after she she wakes up, she starts, like, feeling her neck and trying to creep out of the room to get away from him. But I'm like, at a certain point, like, you completed whatever, like, coital aerobics you were participating in (laughs) and went to sleep next to him. 
I guess, theoretically, this is getting dark. It was like a hostage type scenario where she had to pretend to be into it to save her life. Oh, yeah, maybe. <sighs> I, don't I don't know. That's still a lot to, like legit fall asleep to you i feel like damon had to have used his crazy vampire powers to but send then her why to would sleep. she remember in the morning i don't know these are the questions anyway Wait, do the vampire tricks wear off like they're only good for like a couple hours only if you're stefan and don't drink human blood oh yeah he ain't strong enough yeah well we'll just suspend our disbelief and accept that caroline is now in this situation where she's trying to escape the bedroom Without waking Damon up. And has to wear a variety of different scarves to cover up her gaping wound. Well, she can't even make it out of the bedroom because suddenly Damon, vampire, zooms out of bed and is like, Hey girl, gonna eat you again. And she's like, hold on, let me try and throw this lamp at you real quick. Oh yeah, I forgot she threw a bunch of shit at him. And then finally threw a pillow at him and he was like, girl, really? I know, this it's like, it didn't have me. to be this way. This is also like an especially soft, feathery pillow. <laughs> maybe she was going with the opposite approach, like the heavy objects weren't deterring him at all, so she's like, maybe if I throw this pillow. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, it doesn't work. He eats her again. Yeah. And then we uh, leave that situation for a while. Yeah, so we sorry, don't I just gave a spoiler alert yeah. with the scarves. God, Beth. Listen, this was an emotional episode. I can't keep it all straight. I'm still processing. All right. Sean Spicer. <laughs> oh. No. Anyway. Podcast canceled. <laughs> so we leave that pretty abruptly and go back to school where uh, Stefan and Elena are just pulling up. And they're so in love and so cheerful and... Yeah, yeah, they're, like, being super cute, and I feel like this episode kind of, Oh, like, wait, no, I totally lied. It was no. Elena and Bonnie. Oh, yeah, it's Bonnie was, like, <laughs> was, like, girl, take it easy with Stefan. You guys are moving too fast. And she's, like, Stefan's my boyfriend. And, and she, also, you were telling me to get on his dick last week. I know. Talk about mixed messages, Bonnie. Way to flip-flop, John Kerry. I'm just full of political references tonight. I know. You're making me nervous. <laughs> yeah. But as as we might remember, Bonnie had some kind of spooky premonition when she accidentally brushed Stefan's hand last week. So she is less enthusiastic about him inserting his genitals into her friend's genitals. Yeah, she's got some concerns because... As we know, Bonnie is from a lineage of witches and drunk grandmas that gives her the ability to see what's coming and tell what's good and what's bad. Yeah. And when she accidentally touched Stefan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When she's telling the story to Elena, it's like the way she says, I accidentally touched Stefan. It's like you touched his dick. Yeah, it was like a confession. Girl, you didn't need to make it that way. But yeah, so Elena's just like, oh, you just need to get to know him better, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. So then Stefan shows up and Bonnie pieces out immediately, hopefully to fix her hair, which looks like a rat's nest. (laughs) It did. I can't believe that they let that get into the show because Bonnie's hair has been on point so far, but she got caught in a windstorm or something. Yeah, maybe she put the top down on her sports car. Maybe. 
So, uh, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, there's a few bros playing a game of catch across the uh, schoolyard, and among them are Tyler and Matt. And once uh, Stefan and Elena start, you know, cutely walking together, Tyler's just like, yo, dude, you gonna let that guy walk with your girl? What kind of chump are you? Let's throw a football at his head. I know. And Stefan was faced the opposite way talking to his girlfriend and Tyler throws this bomb. Is that what you call a fast football being thrown? I don't know, but he threw it. Sports. He threw the sports at at Stefan's head. And Stefan whipped around at the last second and caught it. And everybody was like, oh shit, Tyler, you a fool. So Stefan threw it back at Tyler and almost knocked him on his ass. So that's how we find out that Stefan is very sports-like and is probably really good at football. Because he has vampire strength, which isn't really fair. But I had a, I have to say, when Tyler catches that ball and he feels like the force with which it was thrown, that look he gives to Stefan is like, I am weirdly aroused right now. Like, I might want you to take me into your manly biceps and, and hold me through the night. I totally got that vibe, too. He got a football sports man boner. Indeed. <clears throat> so, yeah, we haven't seen a ton of Tyler... Uh, so far, except for him, like, trying to rape uh, Vicky and just being, just that. yeah, mostly just Vicky-related shenanigans. But now we see that he is an equal opportunity douchebag and has a vendetta against Stefan on Matt's behalf somehow because they're, like, best friends. Yeah, their whole dynamic is super weird because, you know, Tyler's dating Vicky and Matt's cool with it, even though he literally treats her like a piece of meat. And he's like, and Tyler's like protective of Matt, but Matt's like, dude, you gotta slow your roll. And um, Tyler also calls Matt a yard troll um, in this <laughs> scene. And then Matt was like, it's gnome or it's lawn gnome. And it's just like, what? I, this is why I'm starting to love this show because they just throw in those little nuggets of what the fuck are they talking about that makes the show so great. I mean, I'm just going to say the Yard Trolls would be a great band name. It would. It's like the Yard Birds, but a little more punk. And it is a Vampire Diaries reference, so it's Which perfect. is the punkest thing that you could possibly conceive of. <laughs> so I guess then we just continue with the school day. And as usual, the only class that ever happens is history uh, with our favorite, Mr. Tanner, last year's douchebag of the week. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just quizzing his students on, like, what year things happened, as though that really is the most important thing to take away from history. Right? And he's jumping around. Like, it's not even historical events that are close to one another. Well, he starts off with, like, a couple of things, and, you know, he sees... Oh, you're right. He sees that Elena is talking to Stefan, uh, because she's latched onto this idea that Stefan should join the football team. So she's uh, whispering and, like, leaning completely out of her desk to tell Stefan, hey, you gotta join the football team. And, of course, the teacher notices and calls on her. And she doesn't know the answer, but, of course, Stefan does because he's been alive for all of these historical events. Or, quote-unquote, alive. But he's like, oh, it was this year. And Mr. Tanner's like, what? You know about years? And, and so then he just decides to rapid fire like lightning round 
Stefan about all kinds of historical events, and Stefan gets them all right. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I know. Mr. Tanner is just one of those, like, guys. And I think I might have said this in the earlier episode, but if I didn't, then I meant to. But he's just one of those people who goes back to high school to, like, be Mm -hmm. mean to everybody and get their revenge. So he's, like, clearly trying to embarrass Stefan, but Stefan isn't having it because he's old and wise and Mr. Tanner's a big douchebag. It's basically like Mr. Tanner is Snape. And Stefan is Hermione. Yep, that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah, so of course Elena's like, he, 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 he's so dreamy. He could throw a football and he knows what your Pearl Harbor happened. Wow. They don't make him like that anymore, Claire. Nope, they sure don't. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we find out or maybe this is later, but we find out that Mr. Tanner is actually the football coach, which really threw me for a loop. So Stefan and Mr. Tanner have this whole knowledge off during class, and little do you know that it sets the stage for something that happens a bit later in the episode. Yeah, well, I think the next thing that does happen is we see Elena going to cheerleading practice, which is happening at the same time as football practice. Uh, so there's just like a bunch of bros tackling each other on the field. Meanwhile, Stefan's sitting there on the bleachers by himself, just like staring at them. And across the field, Elena is uh, joining the cheerleaders. And oh, yeah. Because they're all she... waiting for Caroline, mm-hmm. who is the captain. But nobody's seen or heard from Caroline all day because she's been busy being exsanguinated. But she then rolls up in a convertible with Damon. <laughs> And, like, wearing very 1950s sunglasses and this jaunty scarf. (laughs) And she just struts up, like, I got some dick, girls. I know. She's like, I'm skipping school, but coming to this extracurricular activity, what of it? And apparently there are just no supervisors for cheerleader. Oh, yeah. It's all run by the kids. Yep. (laughs) Mr. Tanner is probably also the cheerleading coach because he's the only person we've seen working at the school so far. (laughs) It's a a school with one teacher who is also the coach of all sports. I guess if that were the case, it would explain why he's such an asshole. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But anyway, Caroline rolls up and is like, all right, let's get started, girls. And Elena is doing a pretty good job, but she misses misses a couple of steps. Yeah. And then Caroline is all like, maybe you should just watch for today, Elena. And it's super sassy because Elena used to love cheerleading before her parents got killed in a fiery crash. But she's just not the same person anymore. But no. she's trying to get back into it. And she's trying to show Stefan, hey, I'm not just this sad girl from the graveyard i'm a real ass bitch who has fun and does cheerleading and caroline's just being a huge dick about like everything in this episode which is weird because she had mellowed out a little bit last week and was being supportive but now she's like in your face elena i have the older hotter brother and also you suck at cheerleading go sit down I know. I was starting to like Caroline last episode, and I felt bad almost that I said she was my nemesis the first time that I saw her. But now I firmly stand by that remark. And I guess we have to take into account that her brain is being fucked with because she clearly now doesn't remember that she's been viciously attacked by her boyfriend. He's used his brain mojo to make her think that everything's swell. So, I don't know. So she kind of gets a pass, but not really. Like, At least in my book. 
She's being brainwashed by somebody who is both eating her and fucking her. So she gets a little bit off the hook, even if she doesn't realize that any of that is happening. Hey, I've had relationships like that. We got to <laughs> give the girl a pass. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so I guess practice was kind of just happening for a while before Stefan decided to go up to Mr. Tanner and be like, oh, hey, by the way, can I be on the team? And Mr. Tanner is like, fuck no, clown. Yeah, he's like, tryouts were last year, bro. And Stefan was all like, oh, Mr. Tanner, I wasn't here. And he's like, as far as I'm concerned, you still ain't here. Man, so many sick burns in this episode. I know, it was aggressive. But I guess, you know, when you're around sports ball and football, that's just how you gotta act for respect. Mm. I guess so. It's a guy thing. I know, and we'll talk about that more in Why Are Men. (laughs) Yes, we will. But eventually... You know, Stefan tries to sweet talk him. He's like, I know we didn't get off to a great start. Talking to him as though they're peers rather than teacher and student. Which, to be fair, he's like 150 years older than Mr. Tanner, but he doesn't know that. That's true. And you made me laugh because while we were watching the episode, you pointed out um, that Mr. Tanner and Stefan are literally the same age. When you look at them both side by side in the single frame, they look exactly the same age. Although Mr. Tanner is supposed to be, I don't know, at least 20 or 30 years older. Yeah. I don't know. Hollywood man. Grown-ups playing teenagers. Babies playing grandmas. (laughs) (laughs) This, I really want to look up, like, why they started employing adults to play teenagers. Is it because of child labor laws? Oh. If they're under 18, they can only work a limited number of hours per day, and they have to have an onset tutor. Why did we I, accept why do I know this these in things? society, though? Like, we could have been like, give us teenagers that are teenagers, but we're just so used to it now. And no labor regulations. <laughs> yeah, make these kids work, is something our president would say. Indeed. Not my president. Hashtag not my president. <laughs> All right. So anyway, after the sweet talking, Mr. Tanner is like, okay, Stefan. Only because I want to see you get knocked on your ass, you can join practice, which is a really professional thing to say to your student. I know. I guess when, like we said, when there's only one teacher in the school, he can do whatever he wants. True. He's the king of Mystic Falls High or whatever it's called. (laughs) So Stefan puts on his jersey. He's looking all hot. And Elena's watching from afar as he takes the field because she's pretty much walked away from cheerleading practice at this point. So Stefan gets on the field, and what do you know? He's fucking awesome at football, just like he's good and handsome at everything else. Um, And Tyler is not having it. He is still mad from when Stefan threw that football at him and he got his man boner. Um, He's, like, thinking about calling a doctor because it's been more than four hours. (laughs) It's clear. That's why he's so mad. Yeah. He can't make it go away. And it gets awkward when you're tackling your best friend. Yep. Yeah, but he has a real chip on his shoulder. He's just like, Matt, you can't let this guy come in here and and be good at the sports. That's just an insult to your manhood, man. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. Tyler's got so many issues. So he's like, let me take care of this, bro. Just throw it to me long or something along those lines. Sports terminology, this to me. Yes. <laughs> so 
Um, Tyler heads out for a long pass. Hey, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. And, or I guess, I don't know what happened. I don't know how to explain it, but essentially Tyler... Because they all look the same with their helmets on. (laughs) They do. So Tyler basically tackles the shit out of Stefan on purpose in a situation in which you wouldn't normally tackle someone because they didn't have the ball close to them at that point. And everybody was kind of like, oh, what the hell? And Tyler was... Not sorry about it. What'd he say? He was like... He just, like, took out his mouth guard oh, and was yeah. like, welcome to the team. Oh, gross. I think that's this show's equivalent of welcome to the OC, bitch. <laughs> Definitely. And the thing is that Matt is getting a little bit irritated by Stefan being there because, you know, first he starts dating his ex-girlfriend, then he joins the football team. Like, he's a little salty. But Tyler is just disproportionately mad on his behalf. And it's just a strange dynamic. Yeah, it really is, because Matt's being pretty cool throughout this whole episode. Yeah, he, like, resists the urge to just hate Stefan forever and actually, you know, acts like a reasonable human being. I know. But I feel like this first half or quarter of the episode really <laughs> brought um, brought Vampire Diaries back to high school and gave it kind of that, I don't know teenage drama show feel because there wasn't that much weird shit going on so far it was more like well relationships dating cheerleading cheerleading football mad teachers all the classics Mm -hmm. so after school or after practice people go to the mystic grill as usual uh, to hang out and make lewd comments about Vicky Donovan. <laughs> that is like that is like a central part of hanging out at the grill. Is like you have to at least grope or look at Vicky like like you want to fuck her. Yeah, it's gross. And you know, speaking of groping, that's what Tyler is doing to her while she's at work, and she's like, "Haha, Tyler, not now." I know, and she's like holding a hot pot of coffee, and he's got like a big chunk of her ass in his head, and I'm just like, "This is not a safe workplace environment, Vicky. No. Girl, stand up for yourself." But also, like, you have the perfect weapon in your hand right now, right? But she still thinks like things could work out behind between her and Tyler because she's a teenage girl, and no offense to teenage girls. But teenagers in general are idiots. So uh, Jeremy is really pissed off. I can't remember at which point he and Tyler first face off in the episode, but the tension is definitely reaching a boiling point between them. Oh, you know when it is? It's because we forgot to say that Vicky, like, comes to the stoner corner behind the school earlier. Oh, And is like, hey, Jeremy, let's be friends. I got us concert tickets for what is probably a band that was cool in whatever year this episode came out, but that I've never heard of. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, were you just fucking me for the drugs? I know. And he's like, I knew you wouldn't want to be with the stoner geek, which is like not a high school clique that I'm very familiar with. Like the stoners weren't really geeks. And like Tyler's. I or, mean, they Jeremy could have been passing as around one. a joint at the D&D parties. We I guess. Know. I don't know. I just feel like Jeremy is cooler than he is like presenting himself to be. Yeah. Even though he's an idiot. I don't know. So, yeah, that's going on the whole time. You know, this whole Tyler-Jeremy thing that's been simmering under the radar. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming to the forefront. And speaking of things that are simmering, uh, Stefan and Damon also after school have a bit of a face-off. 
so I noticed that we got two very gratuitous shirtless scenes already in this episode. Uh, Damon was shirtless in the opening, obviously, in Caroline's bed. Mm-hmm. And now Stefan just happens to be putting his shirt on as he walks into the room <laughs> to talk to Damon. It's like, where were you coming from? But anyway, I really appreciate this show's commitment to male shirtlessness. Yes, I mean, it's like the girls were wearing perk. some skimpy cheerleading outfits today, so it was greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. So Damon is sitting there reading Stefan's diary, sadly not out loud, because I can't even imagine what kinds of gems <laughs> lie in those pages <laughs> that we don't get to hear in voiceover. And Stefan is like, you know, fuck you, you're the worst, and they verbally spar i know and it was weird because we didn't know what he was reading so he was like kind of making fun of stefan but it was just it it wasn't very specific so we're just kind of like oh okay they're fighting yeah and damon's doing more of this i just am here to torment you kind of shtick yeah and i just feel like stefan's really calm with all of this you know what i mean like if somebody was tormenting me for hundreds of years like I would just lose my shit eventually, but I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe he just hasn't had enough blood and he doesn't have the energy to get mad. That's a good hypothesis. So, yeah, that scene seems like it should be important, but it's actually kind of pointless because it's all just ground we've covered already and no new information. But luckily we then uh, cut to Elena's house And Elena has made this grand plan that she's going to have a dinner party with Bonnie and Stefan so that Bonnie won't hate Stefan anymore. So she and Bonnie are cooking dinner before Stefan comes over. Where is Aunt Jenna? I don't know. Aunt Jenna peaced out, I guess. We haven't seen her this whole episode, which wasn't it the last episode where she was like, I'm going to be a better parent to these kids. Maybe she's being a better parent by staying away. Ooh. Oh, shit. Sorry, Aunt Jenna. I don't know your life. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's at a rager on campus or something. But, yeah. Uh, they're talking now in the kitchen a little more about Bonnie being psychic. And she's giving all these examples. Like, I knew what commercial was going to be on TV next. And she knew where the serving spoons and the candles were in the drawers, even though she wasn't familiar with Aunt Jenna's house. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, and I also just happened to keep on thinking of the numbers 8, 14, 22. I don't know what it means, but I bet it proves that I'm psychic. And Elena's just like, okay, Bonnie, uh, have you been drinking with your grandma? (laughs) But then Stefan shows up, so they sit down to have an awkward dinner. It was super awkward. I mean, what 16-year-old is like, let's have a dinner party with my best friend and my boyfriend? I mean, like, the thought was nice, but I just found the whole situation a little weird. It was not something teenagers would do. And also, they appear to be drinking, like, giant goblets of red wine. (laughs) I, I thought they looked like wine, too. Like a bottle's like, worth each. <laughs> I don't know. They're very classy 16-year-olds. They are. And um, while they're eating dinner, <laughs> like, what's her face? Elena is like, Bonnie, tell Stefan about your family history. And I'm just like, what a weird conversation starter. But what she's trying to do is to get Bonnie to tell Stefan about her lineage of witches and drunk grandmothers. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, Elena, you know, it's not that cool. Stop. You know, it's embarrassing that my family is witches. But finally she opens up and 
Bonnie says that her her family is descendants of Salem witches and everybody is just like oh yes of course Salem witches and Stefan's like that's very interesting but they're talking about it so calmly and acceptingly as if it's like not a little bit weird to think that you're a witch and that your family is descended from witches well I gotta stop you there because apparently according to genealogical research that uh Katie my sister and our mom have been doing, we are descended from a Salem witch. Well, that is amazing. So I'm basically Bonnie. I'm white Bonnie. Well, start predicting shit, Claire. I've known you for years. I predict that this podcast <laughs> is going to be a hit. I predict we make 12 million in the first year, but I'm not descended from witches, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. But fair enough. I just thought that they were talking about it super nonchalantly for it to be something to, you know, to say that, oh, I have supernatural powers. I'm descended from witches. But we digress. So I think that shortly after that is when we hear the doorbell ring. And who's at the door? Fucking Damon and Caroline. Damon and Caroline. Caroline's wearing a different scarf to cover up her gaping wound. Oh, before we move on, we forgot to mention that Vicky, when we were at the Mystic Grill, (laughs) was wearing the same giant bandage on her neck that she was wearing in the last episode. I have no idea how much time is supposed to have passed. I guess since... Bonnie and Elena were just talking about Bonnie's dark premonition that maybe it has only been a day. Yeah, but I just feel like if you are still wearing a bandage of that size, you shouldn't be back to work. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know, but it was really hilarious. Anyway, back to the dinner party. Damon and Elena show up. Oh, no. Damon and Caroline show up at the door with a cake and they're like, hey, we're heard, we heard you're having a dinner party. Here's we just dessert. invited ourselves. Yes. And now this is where um, my newfound vampire knowledge kicked in because mm. Caroline walks right in and Damon is kind of hovering in the doorway. And I knew it was because he hadn't been invited in yet. I'm so proud. You're <laughs> learning the rules. I am. I'm so vampire wisdom like now (laughs) yes you are so um stefan is all like you know we're just finishing up and they're kind of beating around the bush and elena's like finally just come in and damon's like the cat that ate the damn canary right uh just the look on his face as he crossed through the threshold it's not good it's not Yeah, and then we have this really awkward scene where uh, the five of them are just sitting in the living room making small talk. (laughs) Like a bunch of fucking middle-aged adults. Again, it's just such an awkward construct for 16-year-olds. I can't get over it. Well, then Damon makes this comment like, oh, Elena, it surprises me that you're a cheerleader. It doesn't seem like something you would be into. And Caroline just just like very cheerfully says, it's just because her parents died. And she's been in a bit of a funk, and she just needs to be more fun. I know. What the fuck, Right in front of Elena's face. (laughs) And Elena, like, doesn't even say anything. She's just, She's just so used to Caroline at this point, I I know. They have been friends since first grade, and that means something. Yeah. Spoilers (laughs) for future conversations in the episode. (laughs) But yeah, Damon, of all people, is like, hey, you know, her parents just died. Give her, cut her some slack. But, uh, yeah, so that makes... Elena feel a little better toward Damon, I guess. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember, then then Damon and 
Elena go into the kitchen, right? Well, first, Damon lets slip, like, a little bit of information oh, that's, like, super dark. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, I know what it's like to experience a tragic death. Pretty much everyone Stefan and I know has died all ar- around us. <laughs> As the, so he and Elena go into the kitchen to, like, load the dishwasher or something. And Elena's like, real talk. So you were talking about Catherine just then, right? How did she die? And Dame is like, in a fire. <laughs> like, casual detail. Yeah, right? Like, no, oh, no, like, circumstantial information. Just, she died in a fire. Normal stuff. Right? I know. Like, everyone I know has loved, everyone I know and loved has died. <laughs> And then, like, to provide no context, it's just super weird. But we know that they're vampires, so they've been around for a long time. And that's why probably other people besides Catherine in 1864 have passed away. Um, But for all Elena knows, they're just cursed. Exactly. So Elena is kind of picking up the details that Damon is laying down. And she's kind of like, so you loved Catherine in 1864, too, right? Mm-hmm. And which one of you dated her first? <gasps> I know. I mean, I didn't get that impression until she said that. Did you? Was I maybe missing some context too. clues? Oh, well, maybe it's because she's Catherine 1864's great-great-granddaughter, so she's remembering <laughs> her family history, which is super gross. Perhaps. So then it gets into this kind of weird shift where Damon is giving her life advice, like he's vampire Oprah or something, about (laughs) how she doesn't have to try so hard to do the same things that she did before. Like, if she doesn't like cheerleading, she should just quit. She can do whatever she wants. And Elena's like, wow, that's actually pretty nice and good advice. And then she surprises him by saying, I'm sorry about Catherine. You know, you lost her too. And Damon gets this look on his face like he's feeling the first emotion of his life. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, somebody said something somewhat nice to me without me, like, tricking them. (laughs) Without me brainwashing (laughs) them into being nice to me. Uh, I know. I almost felt bad for Damon in that moment. Yeah. Almost. Human kindness, you know, goes a long way. Mm Mm-hmm. But their moment gets interrupted, um, or we cut away from it, actually, to Stefan and Caroline in the living room, where Stefan starts putting some pieces together and is like, hey, Caroline, that is such a cute scarf. Can I see it? And she's like, um, no, I need to wear my scarf. And he's like, oh, no, I just I just want to see it, which was super weird. Yeah. But she is straight up refusing to take off her scarf. Hmm, I wonder why. And she just seems confused, too. Like, I don't know why. I just can't take it off. Yeah. But then, luckily, Damon comes swooping in, and he's like, hey, bro, what's with all your scarf questions? Yeah. And he uh, compels Caroline to go into the kitchen so he can say some more vaguely threatening things to (laughs) Damon, or to Stefan. God, now I'm confusing the characters. You're rubbing off on me. I am. Uh, Yeah. And he... says this like really creepy shit like hey guess what I've been invited in so I'm gonna come here every night and do whatever I want to Elena ha ha yeah that was so weird he's like I'm gonna come in here every single night Ugh, it was really gross it was like just when we were kind of feeling bad for you you had to go and do that 
I know. I feel like I keep waiting for the other, like, shoe to drop with Damon, and, and maybe he's not as bad, and he's just a tortured soul, but it's not happening. Yeah. But uh, we cut to, like, later that night, and Stefan and Elena are in her room, kind of rehashing the dinner party, and just apropos of nothing, they just start hardcore making out in yeah. the middle of their conversation, and Elena's, like, the horniest creature who has ever graced the earth and is like ripping her own clothes off and then suddenly Damon or Stefan <laughs> takes his shirt off and reveals that he's Damon no what and so Elena screams and then of course wakes up because it was a dream and we're like does she secretly have a lady boner for Damon we're, we're really confused but then we pan over to the window and what should we see in the window the creepy crow yeah so we think maybe Damon had something to do with that dream. Maybe the crow can give people dreams. Who knows? Is, oh, can Damon turn into the crow? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I either. Don't know the crow that is ever well answered. Is explained. it like to him what Salem is to Sabrina? I think it is. Why isn't it voiced by Nick Bacay? Why doesn't it t- try to take over the world and wear cute cos- costumes? And I feel like the Vampire Diaries can be improved by that very much. That's the sitcom version. <laughs> so Elena's freaked out by that dream, but she gets over it pretty quickly. And the next day she goes to school. And I guess we go the whole school day before she talks to Stefan at all. I really am just going to keep on confusing them now every time. I'm it, they're too similar to remember the difference Stephen, between the two. Damon, I'm sorry. Stefan is good, Damon is bad. Damon is like demon. That's how we know. Oh. Hey. Put an e after that a. Yes. Um yeah, so we're after school and it's football practice again. Or getting ready for a pep rally or something. <laughs> I don't know. People are wearing sports uniforms, but Elena is not wearing her cheerleading uniform. And she tells Stefan that she quit. Yep. And she doesn't tell him about like the deep and meaningful conversation she had with Damon that apparently inspired her to quit. But... Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that that probably, you know, kind of informed her decision. Good yeah. catch, Claire. <laughs> so, um... Stefan is being super cute in his little football jersey, and he looks like an all-American boy, and then he pulls out this old box, (laughs) and it just is so out of place, but he pulls out this tiny, cool silver box, and he's like, you know, I've had this in my family for years and years, and I've never wanted to give it to anyone, but I want to give it to you, Elena, and it turns out that it's a necklace containing some sort of herb. Spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> but but she says it right away. She's well, like, yeah, because what the first that thing that she does is put the necklace up to her face and smell it. Like, does she have brain damage? Like, what? Who smells a necklace? I don't know. It was a weird thing to do. And Dame or Stefan, <laughs> Stefan is just like, oh yeah, you know, it's an herb. It smells nice, right? And nobody's seems to find it weird that there's an herb scented necklace in the picture. And it's like, how often do you have to refresh the herb scent? Like, if this is a family heirloom. Right? I know. Good point. I didn't even think about that. And it's kind of ugly, too. Yeah. It's in the same kind of style as the gaudy rings that (laughs) Stefan and Damon wear. 
It's like they have gaudy rings. She has a gaudy necklace. Everything is spooky and magical and gaudy and ugly. Mm-hmm. So basically after um, Stefan gives Elena the necklace, they kind of have a heart to heart. And he's like, you got to do you, girl. And she's like, I'm so proud of you for joining the football team. And she said, I quit, but you started. And he's like, we make a good pair and we're moving forward in our lives together. Something similarly sweet. Yeah. And they've known each other for like <laughs> less than a week. Right? I know. Things move fast in fall- Mystic Falls. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it gets really real really quick. Uh, So, yeah, then I guess it's the pep rally time because they have a bonfire on which they're burning (laughs) this, like, fake puppet of a member of the opposing team at the top of the bonfire like he's a damn Salem witch. And it's really kind of intense, even for sports. But everybody's really excited and they're cheering. And Coach Tanner gives this big speech about how they're definitely going to win the game because they have this new amazing football player named Stefan and he's the best player he's seen in however many years that he's been a coach and it's really kind of weirdly specific singling him out for a pep rally especially since he just joined the team and the guy just tried to embarrass him in class like six hours earlier yeah like was that the day before it was very recent that he hated this kid's guts but now like he can throw a football well i want to marry him yeah that's pretty much about how our whole society works so i guess we really should that is actually very true (laughs) but now tyler is about ready to blow he's like fuck this shit and he wanders away from the pep rally and uh Oh, yeah. Runs right into Vicky and is like, hey, girl, I'm pissed. And she's like, okay. And then they see... <laughs> then they That's see, exactly what she's like. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy is sitting, like, up against a car, very close to where the pep, pep rally is happening, in full view of everybody, holding this, like, gigantic bottle of whiskey <laughs> or something. Yeah, and, and he it, was just drinking it loud and proud with no regard. Yeah, straight from the bottle. <laughs> It's like a comically large, it's like the size of my head, (laughs) but just the sight of Tyler, or no, just the sight of Jeremy. I really am just mixing up all the names now. Same girl, same. The sight of Jeremy sends Tyler into like a murderous rage. Like he hasn't even done anything. He's literally just sitting there drinking, Mm -hmm. but Tyler's like, fuck this guy, let's fight. And then they start beating the shit out of each other. Tyler's winning. Yeah. Yeah. He's like punching um, Jeremy's lights out. And sorry, I keep. Now I'm mixing up the names even more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the scary thing that happens is that while Tyler is beating the shit out of Jeremy, Jeremy drops his ginormica bottle of whiskey. Mm -hmm. And then we've got broken glass everywhere. It's not a safe situation. It's not. So, Safety first when you're fist fighting. Right? When you're drinking in the parking lot of the school's pep rally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stefan, I got it right this time. There you he go. He no- sees that the fight's going on and he goes to break it up. And he vampire strike holds uh, Tyler's arm back. And Tyler's like, what the fuck? Why can't I move you? But then drunk Jeremy grabs the bottle that's broken by its uh, spout. Spout? <laughs> spout, that what yes. Uh, <laughs> and he, he like stumbles to his feet and lunges at Tyler. He's just going to straight up stab a bitch in the school parking lot. 
But right? Stefan uh. puts pushes pushes him out of the way and gets sliced in the hand for his efforts, and everybody's like, "Whoa." This is too much, even for Mystic Falls. And Elena comes rushing in. She's like, who's hurting my man? And <laughs> Don't care about my brother. Right? I know. <laughs> so she, like, runs over to Stefan, and she's like, OMG, your hand. It's so bloody. And she looks away for one second. Stefan closes his hand a little bit, and we f- see that there's just a tiny bit of blood on it now. And he's all like, oh, you know, that wasn't my blood. I'm fine. See, I'm fine. And he pretends to wipe the blood off on his jeans. Like, whose fucking blood was it supposed to be? Okay, Claire, did you watch the show Roswell? No. Oh, okay. I know that I've said this about multiple shows, but that will be our next um, (laughs) podcast series. But it reminded me of a scene in Roswell. um, And actually, Roswell is really similar to this show because Mm. it's high school students. But instead of the outsiders being vampires, the outsiders are actually aliens who crash landed in Roswell, New Mexico. So in the opening scene of that show, this isn't a spoiler. It kind (laughs) of is, but it happens like five minutes in, so it's fine. But one of the main characters who's an alien um, heals a girl who got shot. So it's kind of a similar vibe. Anyway, tangent over, um, we see that Elena's like a little suspicious about what happened with Stefan's hand and why it automatically healed itself. Yeah. And so at this point, Matt has finally decided that he's had enough. He's like, okay, you can fuck my sister and talk about fucking my sister in front of me and grab my sister's ass in front of me. And say the words, you can have her when I'm done to Jeremy Gilbert right in front of both her and me. But you punching Jeremy Gilbert in the face, you've crossed the line, man. I don't know what your problem is. So he's like Team Stefan now. He wants to be Stefan's friend and hates Tyler. I know. It was a 180. Yeah. So that that situation is going on. Um But then all of a sudden, after this, like, massive stabbing in the parking lot, everybody's like, well, only a couple minutes till game time, everyone. And they just, like, disperse without any regard for the chaos that just happened. Yeah, they move on pretty quickly. And somehow, for some reason, Elena has gone back to her car. And she turns, she's by herself. And suddenly she turns around and Damon's right behind her. Oh, yeah. And Damon has decided he's, like, real pissed even more so than usual at Stefan. So he is going to go ahead and try to brain fuck Elena into kissing him. He's like, I can tell that you want me. You've probably even had dreams about me and now you're going to kiss me. And for a second, it seems like Elena's going to do it, but then she slaps his face and it's great. She's like, fuck you. I don't know what kind of bullshit mind games you're playing, but I am not Catherine 1864. So you can just <laughs> fuck on, right on off. Yeah. I was like, Elena, you go girl. You got it. Whoop, whoop. But then Damon's like, why could I not hypnotize her? This doesn't make any sense. So we then find out, uh, he like goes to lurk around and find Stefan <laughs> Lurking around is the perfect description for all of Damon's actions. Like, yeah, he, he does doesn't a lot walk. Of he doesn't like speak. He's just always like lurking around with him and his creepy crow. Yeah, he. Yeah, we don't know where the crow is, but he's like standing in an alley, listening to Stefan have a heartwarming conversation with Matt about how Tyler sucks. 
<laughs> and they, Matt leaves and Damon emerges from the shadows and is like, oh, that's so cute. You have a new friend. I hate you. Also, good trick. You put Vervain in that necklace. So we're hearing about Vervain for the first time now. This is the herb that has made <laughs> the scent of the necklace so delightful. Mm-hmm. So we don't get a lot of information about it, but apparently that's the reason that Damon could not brainwash Elena. So good thinking, Stefan. Yeah, good job, Stefan. But then Stefan goes on this whole, like, Luke Skywalker about Darth Vader speech, like, there's good in him. I've felt it. <laughs> and, but to Damon. So he's like, I know you still have humanity. Like, you're mm-hmm. really all, doing all this because you still love Catherine and you're still salty about whatever fire she died in or whatever happened back in 1864. And Damon's like, okay, you think I still have humanity? Watch this! And who who is, like, coming around the corner but our favorite school czar, (laughs) Mr. Tanner? Damon just zooms over there and straight straight up drinks all of his blood, and he did. Yeah, he did so fast. And, like, Damon just, like, ripped out his neck, and he's like, who has humanity now, bitch? It was real. So yeah. then I'm I'm trying to remember what happens. Is it then that Matt stumbles out? Well, first they're all just like in the locker room getting ready for the game. Oh, oh, wait, the game happens. No, and- the game hasn't started yet because Mr. Tanner is coming to be like, Stefan, what are you doing? We have a game to win. Oh, I see. I thought that like they the game happened and they didn't show the game oh, and no. they were like, "Where's Tanner?" Which I was like, "That's weird that they, that they like had the game without the coach." But that makes much more sense. Yeah. Sorry, I misinterpreted. Yeah, there's like this big locker room scene where Matt tells Tyler to go fuck himself, mm-hmm. and then he goes outside and stumbles across Mr. Tanner's bloodless corpse. And next thing we know, we see an animal <laughs> control van roll up to the school uh, while uh, the corpse is wheeled off in a body bag. That was my favorite moment of the episode, for sure, is, like, you see, you hear sirens first, and then it pans to the animal control van pulling in. Not the police, not the ambulance, the fucking animal control van. Yeah. And Elena's like, what kind of animal could do this? I don't understand. And Stefan's like, don't worry about it. Yeah, like, get it together, people of Falls, Virginia. <laughs> Mystic Falls, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, very plausible that some animal has just been selectively going to very strange <laughs> locations and biting people only on the neck. Like, that happens. Totally. So when the animal control van is just sitting there, we see Bonnie walk up and she starts to get this like crazy look on her face and Mm -hmm. she's looking around in horror. And what does she see? She sees the number eight on like a sign on the wall. Yes. And she sees the number 14 on the license plate of maybe the animal control van. Which is preceded by several letters and other numbers, but 14 is there. (laughs) Yes. And it's right next to parking space 22. So these numbers that have been floating through Bonnie's head all episode and giving her this bad feeling, she knew. And there they popped up in an extremely random order. And it's like, if you have some kind of psychic magical ability, don't you think it would be geared to like, 
show you useful information that has anything to do with anything. Like, it doesn't help her to stop anything. It's really not related at all to what happened. This is, like, probably the most poorly written aspect of the show so far. <laughs> like, they really just want to prove that something magical is going on with Bonnie, which, you know, I get it. They got to introduce that. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty stupid. Yeah. The way that it presented itself in the license plate in the parking spot number was a little weird. But then we get this great, like, 10 minute long reaction shot of Bonnie, like, oh my god, what does it mean? Ah! <laughs> Which is very entertaining. It is very entertaining. And her hair looks good in this scene. Yeah. Her hair has gone through a lot of changes in this episode. Like, in the beginning, it looked like somebody grabbed a wig from, like, a costume trunk and slapped it on her head without, like, combing it out. (laughs) Then at cheerleader practice, she has these really cute braids and, like, no flyaways or anything. And then uh, at dinner, she has this nice, like, loose, flowy curl situation. Like, I don't know when she is doing all this styling, but she goes through a lot of looks. I know. That's, like, more hairstyles than I've had in my entire life. And she's (laughs) all within, like, six hours of one another. (laughs) I wish that this was, like, a vlog so we could, like, show you pictures. I know. Unfortunately. All right, so we're pretty much at the end now. So we have a diary voiceover of Stefan, and he's like, I was wrong. There is no humanity in Damon. He is a monster who needs to be stopped. And what is Damon doing right now? Right while Stefan's doing his diary voiceover, he's literally in Elena's room, stroking her hair like the creepy lurker that he is. It's so fucking creepy. It is. And and Elena starts stirring, and you think that Damon's going to be visible there when she wakes up. But no, he pulls some vampire bullshit. She looks around and then goes back to sleep. It's not often that... Edward Cullen looks like reasonable and a vampire who has boundaries. But for all that he like watched Bella in her sleep, they at least they were in a relationship and he didn't touch her. Right? I know. So when you're taking it to the When you're out creeping Edward Cullen, you know that you have problems. True. Very true. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Overall, I thought that this was a really good episode. So much shit happened. Is that just because it was called Friday Night Bites? That was partially it. I already liked it best so far as a huge Friday Night Lights fan. I'll take any um, allusions to it that I could get. Um, I have to say the football scenes were really boring. I couldn't tell who anybody was. And it gave me an even great, like I already loved Friday Night Lights. But now I'm like, they made football seem interesting. Like, it it seemed like they weren't even trying. It was just like a bunch of dudes running around. Oh, yeah. You couldn't tell what was happening. My personal crusade for like the past maybe like 10 years, I forget when Friday Night Lights first came out, but I would tell everybody to watch the show because it was so good. And they'd be like, I hate football, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not about football. The first time I watched it, it was not by choice. It was because... Rose, my other sister, uh, got sick and was puking on a blue line platform. And I left to work. Katie and I both left to work to go and retrieve her. And we went back to Katie's and Rose wanted to watch Friday Night Lights. And so that's how I saw the first episode. Nice. That's and the rest such is a history. Sweet story. Thanks for puking for at Clark and Lake, Rose. <laughs> 
See, you could find the good in every situation. <laughs> I don't know if it was good for you, but it was good for me. <laughs> so that was quite a tangent. Sorry, Rose, for sharing your sad story. Come on the show. You'll be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, episode three was definitely more exciting than episode two. Because mm-hmm. we got past the angsty, like, very brief will they or won't they portion of the Stefan and Elena relationship. We did. Like, they're definitely hardcore on right now. Definitely. And just like so much random shit happened and it moved so fast. Like mm-hmm. we had multiple attacks. There were multiple fights. Yeah. There was a good element of high school and also like middle-aged dinner party. This episode had everything. It really did. Except Aunt Jenna. Jenna, where are you, girl? <laughs> Is she, like, in a ditch somewhere? Nobody talks about her. I know. It's weird. Do you think it's... Well, you would know, but my <laughs> prediction is that Aunt Jenna is, like, one of those sitcom characters that just, like, drops off after, like, four episodes and nobody ever sees her again. Or maybe next episode somebody will be like, where's Aunt Jenna? And Elena will be like, Aunt Jenna died 30 years ago. Ooh. <laughs> Of course, I know what happens next, so my theories are very, you know, take them with a grain of salt. So I guess we can just launch straight into uh, who you want to punch. Sounds good. Do you want to kick off? Sure, definitely. Oh, look at that football putt I just said by accident. (laughs) Hey, Friday night bites for the win. Um, So my who you want to punch, I had a difficult decision to make because... I was debating between Tyler and Damon, but because Mm. Damon doesn't have any shred of humanity left, um, I'd have to pick him. You know, Caroline sucks. We all know it. But he not only attacked her, he then brainwashed her into following him around. He's creeping on Elena, trying to screw over his brother. And we almost had sympathy for him for like 0.2 seconds. So like, I feel the like the betrayed at the fact that I almost felt bad for him. And that really makes me want to punch that dick bag in the face. Or that face bag in the dick. Both. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I can't really argue with that. But strangely, I did not pick Damon. It didn't even occur to me because I'm just like taking it for granted that he's just like a murder monster right now. Yeah, it could get old if we pick him every episode. But this is still new to me. No, I I feel Mm you. My pick was Tyler. He's just, like, aggressively and needlessly mad about everything in this episode. And I'm like, girl, look up toxic masculinity in thedictionary.com and maybe, like, take a yoga class. He's just not doing anything in reaction to anything that has anything to do with him. It's all just, like, I have all this rage and testosterone, so I'm going to take it out on whoever... And he also is just bad at making up revenge plans. It's all like, I'm going to throw this football really hard at his head. I'm going to tackle him. But it all backfires on him and he gets so mad. It does. And he wore a super bad bandana for like half of the episode. That's true. He wears this weird, just plain black bandana at football practice. And I don't know why. Is it like to preserve his hair under the helmet? Maybe. I don't understand. Is it to make Sports him cool? fans, call in and let us know at 555-123-4567. Uh, is this a thing for football players? Or is it just a very poor fashion choice? 
Or is it just an inaccuracy in our show? Oh. No, that's not possible. No, Vampire Diaries can do no wrong. True. Except all the times that it does. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Tyler is my pick. I would punch him and then he would punch me and then a vampire would break it up and I would try to stab him. And then he would touch your butt a whole bunch while you were trying to work. Yeah, he would. Ugh. Ew. And not in a good way. I just got like... A vomit reflex. Me too. Sorry I brought that up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So speaking of that, why are men? I feel like we're covering a lot of the same territory as regards um, Tyler and Jeremy's weird territorial thing with Vicky. So all of that is at play here, plus Tyler's rage issues being way more in the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that there was football running through the whole episode just kind of compounded all of the masculinity issues that we see with all of these different characters yeah and it was a very like gender divided episode of cheerleaders and football players which Mm -hmm. was a little gross yeah like all the girls are cheerleading in their skimpy little shorts and all the boys are beating the crap out of each other and all of the violence that men are committing in this episode is basically like pissing contests over women like, all of Tyler's shit with Stefan is because he feels that his friend has been disrespected because Stefan's dating Elena, and Elena was Matt's property. Oh, yeah. And then he wants to beat up Jeremy because Vicky is his property. And it's just really fucked up. It is. And even Damon and Stefan's relationship, we see it goes back to ownership over Catherine in 1864. Like, what mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll find out what are all the details there. Um, and now it's about Elena and Caroline. And, yeah, it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. There and- has to be a better way to, like, set the stage for all of these inter-male, like, <laughs> rage fights. And just the way that Damon is using both Caroline and Elena as pawns just to mess with his brother, like, not even, he can't even focus on the women that he's tormenting, like, while tormenting them. It's all about his relationship with Stefan. You're right. It's for the greater purpose of just making Stefan miserable. Yeah, so the ladies still at this point don't have a lot of agency in the story. Uh, Bonnie's starting to get some because she has this psychic thing and... None of the men seem to really care about her at this point. (laughs) Yeah, so she's just kind of, like, predicting shit in the background, but everybody's like, thanks, Bonnie, TTYL, and she's like, I felt the vibration of cold death when I touched (laughs) Stefan. Yeah, she does pretty much say that when Elena (laughs) presents her for the deeds. She does. God bless Bonnie. Yeah, poor Bonnie. She's just shunted to the background, but hey. She knows what's going to happen next. It has something to do with 4, 8, 16, 20, whatever the fucking lost numbers are. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the patriarchy is strong, Mm -hmm. but we can take it down, I think. I don't know if the vampires can, but they can sure try. We'll do our best. All right. Well, enough of men. Let's move on to who should have done it. Hmm. I'm still debating. You go first. All right, well, my pick, uh, not because this would be personally satisfying to me, but because I think it would be helpful in the long run to all of the relationships going on right now, is uh, Tyler and Jeremy. Ah. Like, I think they just need to bang one out 
and stop using Vicky as like the middleman in their dick measuring contest and just put their dicks on top of each other and be like, we're the same. Right? I know. That probably would resolve a lot of tension on both of their sides. And then maybe Vicky would get a moment of fucking peace. Yeah, maybe she could, like, heal. <laughs> Take a day off of work. Yeah. So they're my pick. Like, just, just you know, fuck each other and move on. Good choice. And Good maybe choice. then they can have a triad, like, be a thruple with Vicky. You know what? That would probably work out well for all of them. Yeah. Then Vicky doesn't choose. Tyler and Jeremy's jealousy issues will be resolved unless they're compounded by being in a relationship with one another. But that's yeah. the risk you have to take. It's worth the, the you know risk in this situation, I think. Absolutely. All right. So I think if I had to choose now, I would pick Matt and Tyler. Hmm. So why is Tyler so damn protective of Matt? Mm. He's all like throwing fits because Matt lost his girlfriend and because Stefan embarrassed Matt by joining the team and being better than him. He's not even mad that that Stefan is better than himself. He's mad that Stefan is better than Matt. So I feel like this comes from a place of deep love. Mm. And as we know... Tyler couldn't deal with his rage boner that he got <laughs> when Stefan threw the ball at him really uh-huh. hard. So I think there's a lot of underlying like male yearning going on with yeah. um, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, I think it just needs to get laid, but he is getting laid and it's not helping. So it has to be a dude. Yeah, I think that's what he needs. He needs to get some D, some vitamin D. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like, I feel like Tyler needs somebody to just go and, like, really punch him in the face also. Like, yeah. just be like, listen, you suck. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, you're a dick to everyone that you come across, even your friends. Yeah. Tyler just needs to get dicked down and then he'll settle and become his truest self. That would be great. It'd and be I hope beautiful. that that's what happens in episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah, so episode four is next. We're actually uh, recording two in one tonight, so we're gonna go and watch that one now, and we'll see you later tonight slash next week. We sure will. Bye, folks.